0: This is Central Texas Life with Ann Harder.
2: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Central Texas Life. Ann Harder here, and I have been looking forward to this sit-down for many months now. (laughs) Lauren Adams and Todd Unger, who are the primetime anchors at 25 News, KXXV. And um, I happen to be there, Lauren, when you came into the station to interview right. for the job right. and and you and Todd went off into the studio and did your little kind of sample test run together. And I thought if they don't lock this lady up. Oh, <laughs> <they're right. laughs> so then when I, I saw in June that you were coming on as I thought, Yay. they did good. Yes, absolutely, Yes, they I'm glad to good. be here. Yes, definitely. Okay. So let's start off with you, okay. Lauren. Um, you're the most recent <laughs> hire, I guess. Um Came from South Carolina. I did. Uh, tell me about where you're from originally, though. Uh, north of Atlanta,
1: about an hour north in a little town called Dahlonega, Georgia. Mm, so small
2: town girl. That's small good. Small town girl
1: in the south. Yeah. And the, our claim <laughs> to fame in Dahlonega is it's where gold was first discovered ever in the United States. Really? Mm-hmm. And we have a little college called University of North Georgia now. I went there for my first two years and it was where it's a military school and they allowed women. It was the first military college in the nation to allow women back in the early 1900s, I believe.
2: Yeah, those are amazing milestones. Yeah, yeah okay, all right, so Todd, what about you? where where did you grow up?
1: So I actually
3: grew up about 20 minutes outside of Portland, Oregon. Oh my. I know, which is interesting. West a lot of people Coast, are surprised yeah. to, to hear that. Uh, at that time, Portland was very different than, <laughs> than the Portland of the last 10 years. Yeah. Um, but it was a great childhood, lived one, spot my first 18 years, and Aww. then went to University of Denver, and then started doing this TV thing and moving all over. And
2: <laughs> well, and that is what the business is all about, and mm-hmm. and you both have such stunning resumes. I mean, that, most of that is just all the places you've worked and accolades and awards that you've gotten and nominations for Lone Star Emmys, and you, I think you won an, an I Emmy, a couple, I think for yep. uh, Hurricane yeah. Harvey.
3: That's right. Down in, so uh, 2017, we just it, passed the five year anniversary of that.
2: I, I is it, isn't that incredible? That, uh, no, yeah, I, I guess so. I, I'm kind of an anomaly to be born in Waco and work for 25 years at, at 25. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so it's just so lovely to see the, torch carried on by the by the two of you and um so let's talk about some of those big stories I mean that's what a lot of people want to talk to me about and there have been quite a few here locally uh but but Lauren I mean Let's start off early in your career. Where, where all have you worked? So
1: I've got my first job in Jefferson City, Missouri. Yep. Uh, I was a producer and then a fill-in reporter. And then I got to go to Dothan, Alabama. And I was a military reporter there, so I had the chance to go to Iraq during Operation Iraqi Freedom. That was in 2006. That was a big story for me. Um, while I was in Alabama, we also had a tornado that hit us in, um, Middle high school it hit enterprise high school and it killed eight students there so we were first on the scene and that was Mm. a you Mm. know of course one of those stories the president visited and saw the aftermath and you just kind of follow that through as they build a new school and then they honor those students who died and then after four years in Alabama I went to Knoxville Tennessee where I was a main anchor there Um, and I got to cover the Tennessee volunteers that was fun. Um, we had a church shooting. That was one big story there that I covered and, you know, being there for 10 years, there are lots of others I can't really remember. And then I went to, um, San Diego to work on the West coast. Oh, wow. Wanted, that's the big time. That right. is. That's what I wanted is to work on the West Coast at a big time TV main, station where you big were covering time breaking market, news. Yeah. Right. That was fun. It was fun. Um, my mom got sick. So, and it was expensive to live there. So, those that's two combined. That's what I understand. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. I moved back home and took care of my mom. And then I worked in Atlanta for about two years. Um of course, that was going when they had all the riots at CNN, and so those were some big stories there. And then I got married to somebody who was in the military, and that's how I got to South Carolina. And then we just got stationed here, so and he's at Fort Hood, so that's why I got the job here, and I'm so grateful to have it. I just feel like it's a great fit for me.
2: Oh, well, and you are a great fit for the station, and I'm, yeah. I'm just thrilled. Um, but so long-term... Well, Wait, you know the military. Years. You
1: just don't know. Just don't right. know yeah. Yeah. So he's
2: planning on
1: hopefully we get to stay here for three years. He's talked about maybe, hopefully, getting to stay for maybe finishing out his career. He has eight years left.
2: Well, that would be fabulous. That would mm-hmm. be
1: fabulous. My fingers are
2: crossed, yeah. so we'll see. Yeah. Oh, oh exciting. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to come back to talk about yeah. some of the other stories <laughs> yeah. I know that you have covered. Todd. So yes. you, you said you, you went to school in uh, Denver, Denver University of Denver. Mm-hmm. And
3: my first job out of there was graduate on Saturday, and that Monday, I was working in uh, Western Nebraska. So there's a little market out there, in North Platte, and it covers you know, a lot of area and it's market 207 or something like that. There's about 210 media markets, <laughs> in case you don't know. And this is 207. The other were, the smaller ones are in Alaska. <laughs>
2: uh, well, listen, this local market, I think it went from, uh, what is it now? <laughs> Tell it's me
3: 80, 80 now. Oh, 80-ish. we
2: were yeah. like, I want to say 97 when I yeah, started. It's gone up. So this local market has gotten so much yeah. bigger. And it for Todd to be has. able to get a job right after college, that's unheard of. I mean, it normally really is. you have
1: to wait. So right. that's, that's well, crazy. it was.
3: Nowadays. Yeah. It's you different. You know, graduates, the industry right. has, has changed quite a bit. Yeah. But, sure. So I was there for about a year and a half. Then I was in Omaha for a couple of years. I uh, work at the Fox affiliate. I was in Albuquerque for a couple of years after that, which was an interesting. Uh, I love New Mexico. Oh, yeah. It's Isn't it beautiful? beautiful.
2: It, it beautiful. is. It is. Albuquerque.
3: It's hot. But... It's hot. Yeah. Um,
2: <laughs> Texas is hot.
3: Had, yeah, it's is it hotter? Yeah, she, she's got.
2: Oh well, it's a well, de- it's a dry heat. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so.
3: I would say dry heat, and they have more of a winter. Yes, yeah, but so yeah, but that was a beautiful place to work. And then I was in Dallas for six years at FAA. Uh, so I got there when now I now that's
2: was. the big time. Yes, that was
3: yep, it was. And when I went there, it was owned by Bilo, mm-hmm. which was this huge Texas sure. media company, yeah. and it was their flagship. Uh, so I got a little taste of that, even though it wasn't the taste that they had in the '90s and you know mm-hmm. early 2000s when they used to really, really, really cover stuff like crazy. Yeah. Um, but it was a great experience, great station. I loved it. And uh, then I left there and went did a documentary for a while over in Europe, which was totally different, like nothing. Well, that's I'd ever interesting. Done that. So how did yeah. you
2: get that gig? How did that work
3: out? Uh, I had a agent at the time who kind of helped me Oh really? get it yeah. yeah and so it was a month going to five or six different countries in europe uh we we're chasing around this guy who was on the run for financial crimes and really? the pandemic it it still hasn't been put out the pandemic really put a damper on oh so stuff so your work has not it still hasn't been oh well, that's something no. to
2: look so, forward look yeah. forward to Yeah. we're
3: hoping early next year but
2: that's hours. neat. Yeah. You'll have to come back on. I know, Talk about I will, that I will, when that yeah.
3: Come back on. Yeah. Uh, and then I got engaged um and my wife Amanda her she was born here and her family is still largely in the area. Uh they're here and then up a little bit in Midlothian and mm-hmm, Dallas. It's mm-hmm. so kind of this so easy mile to mile stretch. To. Yeah, yeah, easy to get to though. And so it was a great opportunity and I wanted to try anchoring more full-time, so mm-hmm. I had always been out in the field more, and this right. was a chance to kind of try something a little different, and it kept us close to everything we like.
2: Oh, so, and that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're, you're still active in things happening in Dallas, though, right? I
3: am, yeah. We, uh, we still go up there quite a bit. Uh, her brother owns a popular brewery. He started one oh, oh, uh, called Celestial Beer Works, uh, so that's really cool. It's right near Love Field, and mm. so we're still up there, you know, once or twice a month. We kind of go back. Uh, for mm-hmm. the day or or for a night, and it's good to you know. I think it's good to keep a pulse on what's happening up there because our coverage area butts right up against you know DFW, and so there can be bleed right. over and stories and
2: stuff. Right. I mean, yeah. I the folks in Hillsboro and so they're yep. kind of left in the lurch, yep. and so we would end up. I know in the newsroom we'd end up doing Hillsboro stories because right. we knew they were watching, but they really weren't
3: technically in, technically yeah. in our area. I know it's kind of a middle middle ground and there are some big stories which we'll talk about but you think about like west that was yes, right on the now line. that exactly yeah. and that
2: brought you <laughs> yeah that's down the the in first this time right y- yeah
3: i'd only been at faa for three and a half months when that's happened really april of 2013. Oh. so that was kind of my first big story for them and i think we were i must have done 20 something live shots in twelve no hours. kidding and
2: yeah i yeah. know and
3: i remember when i went to kxxv uh, for my interview you were there and we kind of were chatting and we that came up mm-hmm. and i think you and bruce you came in on a or i don't, I don't remember well, how it was it okay well, it, it was, was so you know, it was stories, well but. of course it
2: happened you know in the late afternoon evening Yeah, that was about when seven, i was I think. yeah i was still on my dinner break we'd right. take our dinner break and of course we always had this kind of running joke that you know all bets are off if the alco building blows up you know, so that was like, <laughs> right, that, that's going to be a, a breaking story that's going to trump anything else we were doing. Right. Well, so I drive in and he meets me in the parking lot. He goes, there's been an explosion. I'm thinking, yeah, you're kidding, right? Grazer. It's the Alico, right? Yeah. he goes, no, really, there was an explosion. So that, yeah. that started it. And, of course, we were on the air. He and I, I, I think we, yeah. yeah, we got, we sat down in there about. Maybe seven forty-five ish, eight o'clock, and I think we got up at one a.m. to leave the studio. Yeah. So, have you had any of those kind of
3: um, those
2: kind of anchoring?
3: I so for where you just on from I'm,
2: can to can't as they um, say in Texas.
3: <laughs> I've had we had when all the COVID nineteen stuff started. Yeah. there was a lot of continuous coverage because you'd have. Mm-hmm president trump speaking then you'd have the right. governor speaking so and, nothing was really coordinated so you'd have right. to kind of tap dance in between. and so
2: you were yeah you yeah. were tossing to right. these press conferences yeah. and so yeah.
3: that was a lot of it but yeah. uh, fortunately in the last couple of years minus some standoffs and stuff we haven't had a a biker shootout, or a you know.
2: oh gosh, that's and another one. These, I know all these. <laughs> yeah, it's the, thinking of those those fun stories. Yeah, yeah the well, weather events you've had a well, couple weather, yeah, events. weather and sure. weather always. You know, people would call and fuss. You know, why are you breaking into my right. So Well, if it's your mother or grandmother that the tornado is heading toward their house, wouldn't you want them to to know about it? And I would tell folks, you know. It's it's great that we bring the news that we inform people and and sometimes entertain them, but you can die from weather. Yeah. So it's the most important thing we do.
3: Absolutely, and I think you know Matt takes that
0: incredibly
2: very seriously, seriously. and yes. he's very he very is the best. Good. Yeah. And
3: when he's on for four or five hours, which happened a couple oh, of yeah. times this last spring, you know you've got to be in there, and we'll talk about what's happening on Twitter now, or you know the pictures and right. the footage that comes in. So we try and help where you can but he's really the the marathon guy with those events he's, he's so good
2: uh, <laughs> he, well he is he understands yeah. the science of it and and as you say he is so passionate about it um, but again the bottom line is keeping people safe yeah. I mean it, it really is, it is. so um, you covered Hurricane Harvey have you ever been out in the field covering Hurricanes. Storms. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I work down in Dothan, Alabama, which is
1: about an hour north of Panama City. Mm-hmm. So. When Katrina came through, I mean, it oh, hit, yeah. you know, it hit uh, Destin, and then it also hit Mobile, and then it hit New Orleans. So we covered that, and Hurricane Ivan was another big one, and then there was mm-hmm. one other one. But the thing about hurricanes is, you know, they're coming for days, but right. there's nothing you right. can do about it, and you just don't know exactly where that eye is. is that hit. spaghetti? But when you're sitting <laughs> graphic, there in the you know? middle of that storm, and it's just the wind is blowing and the rain is coming down, it's scary,
2: is it? Yeah, yeah. and because it just goes on and on and on.
1: Yes,
3: and sometimes. Um, you'll have like with Harvey, you know, the actual storm was, was bad, but there, it was really the flooding, the aftermath. And people weren't thinking about that in Houston. So, I mean, the storm had been bad coming up the coast, but it wasn't anything that Texas had not seen before. And then the flooding was just, yeah. Wasn't it Harvey
2: where the flooding happened in that parking garage and 10 people died? That was Harvey. yeah. Yeah,
3: And there was just so much flooding around Houston. I think it was the wettest domestic hurricane. So, right. Hawaii it had one that had been more rain, but never anything like that. And Texas is not equipped to handle that kind of rainfall. And so it was, you know. So you just don't know kind of what's going to be the worst part of something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what happened with Katrina. I mean, it was the flooding that yep. broke the levees,
3: not the actual storm. Yeah. You
2: know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, news coverage um it it can take a toll on reporters I mean I I know that and I experienced that after 9/11 because we, I was solo anchoring at 25 at the time wow uh, my co-anchor had not decided to resign his contract <laughs> and and so it was in September yeah. and guess what happened on September 11th and so yeah it was it was surreal it was a surreal time but I remember toward the end that was on a Tuesday and toward the end of the week I was home just at having a little lunch and looking on my TV, clicking through and saw some beautiful video from Alaska where they're panning for gold. Okay. I mean, random, but I just saw that beautiful scenery and just, just the magnitude of what had happened and how it was so hard to wrap our minds around the level of evil that could do that. And I just started weeping. I was weeping, you know, and I thought that had, it has to happen sometimes. So did you have that experience, like after a big story where you just, that release valve just needed to? A...
1: Yes, but I don't remember. <laughs> There's been several, but I don't remember. I was going to say, that. you just cried. I I mean, easily. in Knoxville, they brought in the police department and they had, and some therapists and had them talk to us just about how, you know, you're not, you're not the first person that's right there, but you're the, right. it's the second, it's called a mm-hmm. secondary. Yes. And yeah. it does, it affects you, but you just, you just keep going. You just push through it. Yeah. yeah.
3: I don't know if I've ever had, uh, and and let me say that I think now, like the industry is a lot better about addressing and talking about that kind of thing mm-hmm. than it was 10 or 20 or 30 years ago. You yeah, were kind supposed so. to just kind of, yeah, just know, buck it out. up. Yeah. yeah. Um, buck right. up and,
2: you know, yeah. and and here in Waco greater Waco area obviously we report colleen and you know the whole area but when you live somewhere long enough you're going to know people that are going to be part of a news story and that that really can be difficult
3: yeah I think that can hit home obviously in a different different way yeah and um, and I think that that's kind of that's part of the importance though of local media is you know you hear so much talk about the national media yeah. but, but local you know people you know this is your community <laughs> exactly there really is not some agenda or anything there just isn't you know no. this is where you live
2: well and- yeah and i think that's why local news are really kind of the last bastion of mm-hmm. of news coverage and that's why it's so important wonderful people like you are you know continuing on when the old people go okay oh. i'm done <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i was thinking about this it is a scary time to be a journalist too because you don't know how people are going to come at you.
2: Well, that is true. Mm-hmm. And, and is that's scary. something that has changed. Yeah. Yes, because in Radical. your generation,
1: I mean, it was that's why I got into it because it was seen as a great profession and people looked up to you and it was honorable. But now, I mean, it's when you tell somebody you don't know if they're going to be excited or hate you. So, it's it's a little scary.
2: Yes, and and now that with the whole <laughs> the whole era of the MMJ, the multimedia journalists, um, young women, many of them, and they are setting up their own live shots. They're doing everything themselves, and that never used to be the case. It was always a potog, or if it was a live shot, you maybe have somebody running the truck and all that, and now they're pretty vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Very, yeah. They are very vulnerable. But the Mm -hmm. reason we do
1: this is because we want to keep – Journalism alive, like it's so yeah. important. I mean, yes, you, you have you had Donald Trump who said um, it's fake news, but everybody wouldn't even know about fake news had it not been for journalists and social media, right? You know, putting it out there. So it's just so important to keep journalism
2: going, right? Right.
3: And to to your point, I think the local local is so important too because yes. you do want to know what's, you know, who's saying what at the city council meeting. You know right or who you know that kind of stuff is it does still affect important.
2: people yeah
3: it does it does and so I think that's why I think actually the outlook for local journalism is a little bit more optimistic than I some think people so think. Yeah. I think so I think there will always be some some form of it
2: yeah uh, maybe not newspapers somebody <laughs> I mean let's face right. it yeah and, and even local news let's yeah. be honest yeah. viewership.
1: Oh, yeah, especially when the internet came out. But people still need, like, newspapers have done a great job of putting it digitally online. Exactly. people go online quick to mm, get the news. I mean, I do to find out. Well, we
2: all do. I mean, you've got your smart watch. Mm -hmm. I left mine at home. But it's, (laughs) you know, but I'm getting pushes from 25 News all the time. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm keeping up to date, I feel like, with Mm -hmm. important stories through the day. And so that, I know, has changed viewer habits.
3: Mm -hmm. Yes. There's that word. Yep, that term. (laughs) It's it's habits
2: that they have. Well, we are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, going to learn a little bit more about these two fine folks. So you stay with us.
0: Frozen. Frozen. Welcome to One Star Rewind, a new podcast about those dreaded one star reviews that every business owner hates to receive, but yet every customer loves to read. During this podcast, we will peel back that one-star review to better understand how it happened, when it happened, and what the business owner is doing after receiving that one-star review. This podcast will be about love, hate, and laughter. On One Star Rewind, we will meet with real business owners who will tell their stories and how they do rely on reviews for their business. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or download us at roguemedianetwork.com. Please subscribe, but only rate and review for not a one-star review. Join us each time for a new review and a new story.
1: Hi, this is Sarah. And I'm Carter. So put on your favorite vinyl, grab your favorite glass of wine, tune into our show, and let's have some fun. Wine and vinyl.
0: So check us out on RogueMediaNetwork.com or wherever you get your favorite podcast.
1: We'll be talking about a lot.
2: And we're back with Lauren Adams and Todd Unger, 25 News anchors. And we've been talking about their varied careers and now their lives here in Central Texas. And we're hoping they're very deep roots that they're putting in here. Uh, But Lauren, I mean, you've done some big stories as well. We've talked about some of the hurricanes and that kind of thing. But there was a huge murder story there in uh, South Carolina, your most recent gig. And uh, let's talk about the Murdoch Marv because it was not something we picked up here. It was uh, kind of a regional thing there, but it was a very big deal. Right. And,
1: and it started off just regional, but then People Magazine started calling, and that's when you know, oh, it's going to get it's really gonna big. It's going to go big. <laughs> because it had all the makings of like murder mystery movies or, you know, TV shows. I mean, it started. So it's a prominent attorney family, the Murdochs from South Carolina. The, you know, Back in the early 1900s, you had the original Murdoch. Well, four generations since then, so I guess the great-great-grandson. He was involved in a boating accident that killed a female. He was 19. He was drinking underage. Well, his he and his mom end up murdered, you know, I think it was, what, a couple of years later. Well, he was
2: just about to be have his first arraignment. It was two years, but he was about to be arraigned for that crime. I just, I watched a three, maybe four part series. I said, I might've fallen asleep if it was four parts, but I know but I, I mean, wake up to see the end of there, but it really, it was beautifully done. I think I saw it on Netflix. I think anyway, the Murdoch murders it. So look it up. If you, if you're not familiar with it, because it is, a fascinating story right he turned up dead with his
1: mom exactly yeah. and then so then you have these two people who've been murdered on their farm you you know we go out there to report and cover it's this big area and and then you learn about the Murdochs well then you don't think anything of it but then a few months later this the husband of the woman that was found dead and the, the father of the son that was found dead he puts a 911 call in saying that Somebody tried to shoot him in the head. Well, we're like, okay, wait a minute. That's awfully ironic mm-hmm. that his this wife and son just ended up dead. Now somebody's trying to shoot him. What's happening? It turns out, he had hired somebody to make it look to try to shoot him to make it look like, and so he, he wanted to get the insurance money for his other son. But and now we're finding out that he was into <laughs> drugs, prescription drugs allegedly, and he had just asked a guy that he was selling dope to to just shoot him to to Gosh. kill him to his son but anyway now he's in jail and he's charged and he looks kind of like the boy next door
2: i mean redheaded guy and just looks like a you know and everybody kind of- knows them
1: because they would go to all the you know uh south carolina games and they have all this money so they've been running around in all these circles oh, yeah. right yeah. so it's just seeing you know a family a prominent family being brought down and you know how
2: even their housekeeper
1: Oh, she ended up under dying under
2: s- really mm-hmm. mysterious circumstances, and she then fell, he wanted he wanted to sue himself or something in order to in order to get insurance money. I mean, the guy was he did just he successfully did the most did. crooked thing God. ever. Yeah, he went to the
1: housekeeper's family and said, "I've got a lawyer that will sue and get Me. you money." Yeah. And then he never I, gave that money that they won to the family.
2: Five, yeah, a half million dollars or right. something. So really, up being it it, it more like four million. Un- <laughs> Believable story. Yeah. yeah, if you crazy. if you if you haven't seen that, I mean that I series was, that. yeah, it was. Fa- of course, I was watching it last night late, stayed up till one a.m. watching it because I wanted to see if you showed up in any other. Well, and every day I get up, I'll just
1: Google the name to see if anything new has come out. Because yes, it's, just, it's
2: still going on. It's an yeah. ongoing.
1: Yeah, and the name Murdoch is M-U-R-D-O-U-G-H. Yeah, so, but it's pronounced Doc Murdoch because we had a big yeah. meeting in the newsroom. Like, how are we going to pronounce this <laughs> as a station?
2: Well, because I did hear it during the course of this uh, series, Murdal, which would be probably if it's maybe Scottish, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I heard it That's pronounced sure. both ways, but yeah, very interesting story. And of course here in Central Texas we've had a lot of big, big stories um some really really bad bad people but you know I guess that's kind of the fun part for you moving into a new area is to kind of find out those historic stories. Well and you notice that that news continues to happen.
1: Yeah it does. You go into a new city and it continues to happen it goes on and it's just kind of like we're recording history wherever you go it's still happening and we're recording it.
2: Yeah. Well, it is just a delight to uh, to talk with you both and to learn more about you. But i like to end these little visits with it's a uh, it's something that the late, great James Lipton would do on Inside the Actor's Studio. Are you familiar? Do you, no, God, you're County. too young. Watched yeah, a County. couple but of the old, old, <laughs> old, old ones are so young. <laughs> Well, anyway, I'll tell you another story off off the air about one of my guests who was like 30 years old. And I thought, she's not going to. She goes, oh, no, I was in New York and I I went to Inside the Actors Studio. I was there for two of the – I went, you're (laughs) kidding me. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it was great. So we'll start off. This is sort of my take on it. So to each of you, what is your favorite word?
1: I, don't, I like serendipitous. That's a fun one. Good. In that that movie, is a fun Serendipity. one. Serendipity.
3: Yeah. My favorite word. Not, not like an on-air word, just because there are certain just. words that you can't really, you know. Right. You can't. <laughs> I'm not talking about bad. I'm just saying <laughs> like there's, certain, there's a certain way you write for TV, and then there's a certain Oh, word, I know. You know That's yeah. true. Uh, I've always liked the word permeate.
2: Uh-huh. kind of to, oh, I you know, do it to too.
3: spread throughout. It I mean. just,
2: it
1: sort of sounds yeah, like what kind of it a, means. Right. Yeah. 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 It's kind I remember in eighth grade when I learned that word yeah. and Ms. Brown was my teacher and she, she was like, perfume will permeate the room.
3: I just remember reading, <laughs> I think I was in seventh grade and I remember very distinctly it was, you know, a set of kind of words that are a little bit more advanced and it was just this verb that kind of stuck out permeate that's that's,
1: that's,
2: interesting. that's funny yeah. i used that
1: word this weekend that's yeah. funny
2: <laughs> okay your least favorite word
3: well i i use it too much even when i write copy sometimes and it's that the word that, that you know like oh that, 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 that or that yeah that yeah you know? and usually you can
2: take that take out, it out. <laughs> right take that out
3: and there's Sometimes there's a reason for using it if you're trying to really emphasize something.
2: Correct. I
3: think it becomes a crutch. (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah. that's that's good. I don't know. Maybe can't. Like, is a very
1: negative word. So Mm -hmm. don't say that. I
2: hear that a lot. Mm -hmm. I hear that. Do you have? And this is off topic, but do you have a phrase you just don't like to say on the air that trips you up? For me, it was military helicopter. I would try to change the comp- <laughs> military helicopters. Oh gosh! Now I'm going to say now that. You're <laughs> <gonna> say <it. laughs> Sorry about that, but
3: uh, there was one recently where I had to say, I think it was art artifacts. Oh my goodness! And but it was, you know, the, sometimes when you're in the studio and the prompter, it just doesn't look right. No. And So when you get a lot of a words together or something together, your brain yeah. starts to think, "Oh, I must be reading this wrong." Yes. And they always trip up. So when mm-hmm. there's a lot of words that just appear in one sentence that start with the same thing. Yeah. I, I have trouble
1: with that sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you're reading the teleprompter, you have to be caffeinated up. <laughs> <Yeah>. Isn't <laughs> so that, that the truth? Right? Because sometimes it'll trip you up and you'll be like, wait, i practiced that, but why is it looking like that right now? <laughs> right.
2: I think my, my favorite Blooper happened when the prompter was messing I'm sure it doesn't mess up anymore, but back in the olden oh. days, <laughs> when I'm, you know in the old old days, and this even predates me, they would run the scripts through, okay, and it would sure. show up the actual printed script. Well, we were doing this and it would get a glitch, and it would just skip. And so I'm reading a story about Crocodile Dundee, mm-hmm. and I'm just reading a Croco airball on a free throw. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> is that what you said? Because <laughs> <laughs> it jumped to sports. sports. Well, yeah. I used to work with an anchor, and this is a running joke at the yeah, news
1: station, because it was literally, but litter, and then really was on the bottom. Oh, so no. he said light rally <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on air I said a literally.
3: Well, those, neither of those are too, too bad. I mean, if people want to see some real bloopers, they go to. Your
2: oh, two, man. Them, yeah. We had a morning anchor <laughs> yeah. that instead of they flushed flushed a Koran down the toilet, oh. they flushed a Korean down the toilet. Oh, oh
1: no. <laughs> oh, instead of a
2: crayon? Uh no, Korean, right? Korean <laughs> oh, instead okay. Of Korean. Yeah, instead yeah. of Korean. Anyway, yeah. Korean. there's okay, plenty of them. Okay, yeah. so mm-hmm. what turns you on spiritually, creatively, oh, spiritually. or emotionally?
1: When I'm so I'm a big runner. I run every morning about Good. five miles, and running is gets me in that zone. Like spiritually, it's yeah. just like that's when I start just thanking and just being just so blessed for everything I have. Yeah. So that's what gets me going.
3: Good. I think and i've been playing since i was a, a little boy but golf is probably like my good. Relaxing, oh kind of yeah. zen zone even though it's not very zen because it's a very frustrating game <laughs> but it, there are moments when you're kind of out on a course and maybe it's late at night and it's you're so playing beautiful, by yourself and yeah. it's just kind of mm-hmm. peaceful yeah oh yeah. no it is yeah. it's,
2: it i can i get that i watch yeah. watch it on tv and they make it look so easy to i know
1: they do. They yeah. do.
2: So what turns you off spiritually, emotionally, or creatively? Negativity. Yeah.
1: I like to stay away from
3: that.
2: I hear that a lot. Yeah,
3: I think that's a good one and something I have to work on myself yeah. sometimes. And I think another one is uh, being rushed or just kind of, you know, I don't... I, even though our the nature of our job is sometimes you are rushed. Oh, I, yeah. You know, and I think you can... That can actually be a good thing. It can make you perform during a certain, you know, situation. But just in general, day to day life, I don't I don't like being rushed or feel like you gotta be in a hurry, hurry, hurry. Yes.
2: What sound do you love the most?
1: A horse galloping and and neighing just came to mind. That's neat. I've never
2: heard that before. (laughs) That's good.
3: That is pretty good. I think because of where I grew up in Oregon, it's rain.
2: Oh, I yeah. love the sound. I do it. too. Oh, yeah, I and do hear would, that a lot. You would have months and months, yeah. where
3: just every day you have showers. And when I was a little kid, my mom would always leave our window open because it's never, it's usually fifties or sixties there. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I just remember lots of rain. You know.
2: What sound do you hate? Alarms. well y'all work later in the day (laughs) that second day part was way easier than doing mornings i will say (laughs) (laughs) yeah mornings you have to get up at early Uh, early early early. (laughs) and have makeup on yeah i don't know how they do what other profession would you like to try or Uh, to have tried okay so i have two earlier
1: on in my career it would have been a forensic um What is it when the police officer does homicide scenes, Mm -hmm. forensic pathologist? Pathologist, Is that it? So that's what Baylor had a big program. Because that, I feel like but, we do that kind of anyway as journalists. You show up to a scene, yes, you try to figure out what, figure happened, what happened because we've mm-hmm. gotta to talk to people. You gotta make sure you don't talk to the wrong people. So I think but now later in my career I thought being a lawyer I would have hated it early on because it would it entailed so much reading in college mm-hmm. and I just wasn't there yet mentally, but now I think being a lawyer would be fun to go in and I would have to be a prosecuting attorney because I don't like I hate it when a defense attorney is fighting. And I know that that is our right as an American. Right. It's hard sometimes when you know. know that they're guilty because you see all the evidence. But yes, Um being an attorney, I think, would be fun.
3: Okay, It's funny you said that because I was going to say yeah. lawyer as well. Mm-hmm. And I think um, some great investigative reporters do have a law background. Yes, you know? they do, and I right, which it, is good because is good. then it that keeps
2: the station from getting sued. Right, yeah. <laughs> which is that, always a good thing. That's yes. right.
3: And I think that... I, I don't know. I guess just something about being a journalist for a while. The legal system does start to intrigue you more yeah. and more just about how it works and how in some cases it's unfair, you know, yes. and it, yeah. injustices are.
2: Right. You like know, in South so. Carolina.
3: Yeah. I think. And they got
1: away <laughs> yeah. with everything. They were just paying people off.
2: It was crazy. Yeah. It was but crazy. But they
1: finally got caught. So.
2: so what job do you know you would not want to do? I mean, being out in the
1: heat and like working like on the highway—the risk of getting hit—and you're out there laying asphalt. I mean, I look up to them so much. Isn't I'm that like, the truth? That is so difficult. That's difficult work. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I think the um, and it's in my my dad's side of the family. They come from a long line of farmers, and we they still own uh, some family farms in mm-hmm. Nebraska. But it's not that I would not want to do it. It's just it's such hard work. Yeah, and I think uh, farmers and more ranchers here in Texas, but they're so underappreciated, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. and it's just it's. Yeah, because they work
3: morning yeah, to night. Backbreaking work.
2: For yeah. sure. Every time you eat, you need to yeah <laughs> be grateful for a farmer. Yeah. Well, finally, what do you want to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Oh, here's your mom. <laughs> <Uh-oh>.
1: <laughs> That'd be great.
2: Yeah. You're going to make me cry. Mm, I'm going to cry. Mm-hmm.
3: Probably uh, probably just welcome.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Be happy that you made it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. down. Yeah, you know, Amen. Ups and downs. Amen. Yeah. And, well.
3: Um, yeah, i glad you tilted it my way. Thank
2: you. <laughs> oh, listen, it has been a delight to get to sit here with you guys and to watch you each evening. And, and uh, again, 5, 6, and 10, right?
3: Got it. Yep. Yes, That
2: hasn't changed. No. It's still the same. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren Adams, Todd Unger, thank you both. Thank, thank you. you so much for having us. <laughs> yes, and thank you, you for great. being with us. Join us again for Central Texas Life.
0: Central Texas Life with Ann Harder is part of the Rogue Media family. Be sure to check out our other shows at RogueMediaNetwork.com. Please rate this show five stars on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Join us again soon for more Central Texas Life with Ann Harder.